welcome to Binge Mode, Book of Mormon. Bum, bum, bum. Episode 4. Today, what, what are we talking about today, Jordan? Well, today, Brian, we are going through 1st Nephi 15, all the way to 1st Nephi 21, but we're not really covering the last few. Because of Isaiah. Because of Isaiah. What a drag that guy is. Okay. Crashing the party yet again. So... Before we uh, jump in, I just want to say, you know what is a great app, Jordan? Uh, uh, uh um, IMDb. <laughs> sure, but <laughs> the app I'm talking about is the Gospel Library app. Yeah, I'm very impressed with it all the time, especially the notebook feature. What Sounds like it's an ad spot for the LDS Church. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> Thanks, tithe payers. Yeah, appreciate it. Um. <laughs> No, I just have, you know, taken notes for the show and putting them into notebooks and stuff like that, and it's pretty legit. That's cool, man. Maybe keep it to yourself next time. <laughs> just kidding. That is cool. <laughs> okay, let's jump right in. Uh, all right, we're starting with the... Uh, are we doing the music queued up, or are you yeah. going to do it later? Play the music. Play oh, the wait. Mu- oh, wait. I'd bring it up, huh? Abridging the records. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Brian... Today's story begins with Nephi walking up to his brothers and they're arguing about what their dad had just said to him. Okay. Remember last time? I do remember. What did their Crazy dad just vision. say to him last There's time? There was a tree of life last time. Mm-hmm. Also, there must have... I didn't remember if it was the olive branch stuff last time, too. A little bit. Like, that's what they discuss mostly here. They talk yeah. about the tree of life also. I guess both of them equally. Anyway, he walks up. Brothers are arguing. Layman's like, no, I think... The tree represents rock music. And Lemuel's like, no, it's definitely indie pop music. (laughs) They were way off in what it meant, but they were trying. Um, Nephi's really sad they don't get it, so he goes and talks to them, and they're like, Nephi, what he said was incredibly vague and confusing. Like, we don't even know what the olive tree is supposed to mean. Like, it's crazy frustrating. And Nephi smugly says, well, (laughs) have you asked God? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh... Um, oh, sorry, I got lost. Let's see. And they said, uh, we haven't, because that's the ridiculous stuff you and Dad say, and we're not part of that troop that you guys are doing all the time. <laughs> and Nephi's like, ugh, it's so simple. The house of Israel is an olive tree we broke off, like a branch that breaks. <laughs> Which, just to point out, they're not yet out of the land at all. <laughs> they they're still haven't taken off of the promised land, so the olive branch thing is kind of odd. Yeah. But... And I'll also say I don't I don't know if I'm summarizing this completely correctly. <laughs> he says we broke off like a branch <laughs> that breaks, but then later on our seed will be grafted back in because apparently that's what they do with olive trees. You can just like break a branch off and then put it back on. I don't know. I'm not a botanist. <laughs> that's what Nephi said. <laughs> then later and le- later on, Layman and Lemuel are like, "So tell us, what is the tree?" And Nephi says it's a tree of life, and they're like, "Oh, so it's not music." Okay, then. What's the iron rod? Layman says it's K-pop, but I think it represents early 90s grunge music. And Nephi's like, why do you keep thinking it's music? Uh, I don't know why I wrote this. I apologize. Um, Layman and Lemuel just shrug. Uh, It's rhyme time for Nephi as he says, the iron rod is the word of God. Okay, then. What's the river? Because we both agree that it's smooth jazz. <laughs> what, what is this, this bit about the music? <laughs> That's just what they, they were trying to figure out what it meant, and they just, they like music. River like smooth jazz makes sense, because it flows. It is interesting that they're both, 
like very interested in what it means. Well, because they were told it with no context. <laughs> and again, like it can mean anything. Them discussing like what did he mean? Yeah. Um, and so like it's smooth jazz. Before he's like, no, it's not music. Uh, the the water, it's filthiness, which is a little confusing because the motif of water in movies is generally that of healing and safety. Haven't you seen No Country for Old Men? Mm-hmm. That's a great water motif in well, the movie, if you haven't noticed There's it. a lot of water motif in the scriptures that's about purity and you yes. know, the flowing, you know, the, uh, from under the rock of the temple, all that stuff. Yeah. The, the water coming out of the rock that Moses does. So, yeah, it's kind of weird that it's, like, filthy and gross. Yeah. Especially because <clears throat> they didn't have, like, pollution back then. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, the water separates the righteous from the wicked, so pretty much if you guys don't get all clean, then you're screwed because you're going to be in the water, which is kind of, like we said, opposite of usual water motifs. There's some interesting, just prefacing, there's lots of interesting stuff that, just like overall in all the scriptures, stuff that happens in these chapters that I don't think happens anywhere else. Yeah, like Like, what? Uh, we'll, we'll get to it, but weird, like, God powers. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> for I, sure. I, part of what I would say is interesting about this chapter is it's really the first introduction of like magic yeah into uh-huh. into the story like if this is game of thrones this is like oh yep the dragons are back right. magic is starting to happen again right okay so that's chapter 15 I, this time i broke up chapters so we can kind of wrap more chapter sure. 16 nephi's feeling pretty good about how he told off his brothers the wicked taketh the truth to be hard bruh <laughs> um <laughs> what could make this day better for nephi oh he gets married yeah and his brothers get married they make Zora marry the oldest one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Le- <laughs> Lehi gets a vision that they need to keep going. He gets up to start his journey, and he notices a strange round ball with curious workmanship waiting outside his tent. In the ball, there are two spindles that point the direction they should go. Also, this is just crazy stuff, even for, like, scripture things. Yeah. It's cool, though. It is cool. It's, like, first, like, artifact. I don't know. Like, magic well, artifact. and thing. something that I don't think they talk about a lot, like, a lot of the scriptures talk about how the Liahona is cool, but they don't talk a lot about, like, the fact that words appear on it. Yeah, that's what, I didn't, I didn't even remember that, but reading it's, this. Isn't it, isn't it weird how much you forget about, like, what the scriptures actually say? But it doesn't tell you what it says, it's just, like, we got messages on there sometimes. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. They didn't have time, Jordan. They don't have yeah, time to write some... that down. There's the hundredth part. They gotta focus on Nephi's obsession with olive trees. It was probably written in English, and they're like, we don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, that's where they got the and I. This is the and I thing. <laughs> okay, uh, so they start their journey. They go and settle in a new place called Shazer, which would be a great name for an all-in-one beard accessory. It's a razor that shaves. Shazer. <laughs> um, they keep traveling and slaying food and traveling and slaying food, eating lots of raw meat. Uh, yeah, not good. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they eating it raw? I don't understand that. Do they not make fires? You can't cut a tree with a bow and arrow, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they have Laban's sword. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know if you can actually cut down a tree with a sword, so that makes me pretty ignorant. But I never did it in Boy Scouts, but... <laughs> Okay, so they keep so Nephi breaks his bow, which if you've seen the the Book of Mormon movie, oh, the very it. dramatic scene. Dang it! If we could intercut some of Book of Mormon movie like into this podcast, like the, the audio of it. <laughs> I'm gonna talk a lot about it later. So oh, are you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because um, while I'm reading this, all I picture is that movie, <laughs> which is so sad. 
it was so so bad. Well, and I actually, as I've been reading these chapters, how much I I think of the Book of Mormon through the lens of those cartoons. Oh yeah. Right, and I'm like, this is messed up. This is so much more epic than that. Makes it's I just know, like this Saturday so morning cartoon. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so Nephi breaks his bow. So they can't get food anymore because that's apparently the only way they could kill food. So everybody's <laughs> mad. So Nephi makes a new bow. It seems like a sword. Yeah. <laughs> they literally have a sword. But they all feel weird that Laban's blood is still on it. <laughs> so like, uh, I want to get on our food. <laughs> he was kind of gross. Um, so he makes a new bow. He asks his dad where to get some food. And Lehi goes and prays. And then the ball shows him where to go to get food. Everyone's happy they get some food. Ishmael dies in the wilderness, which his daughters are sad and kind of rightfully frustrated that they just went up to the wilderness to watch their father die, not to get anywhere. So Laman and Lemuel uh, stir up the brothers of Ishmael and also their wives, and they're like, let's kill our dad. And they're like, wait, wait, we mean like our dad. Your dad's already dead. Sorry. That's how it's phrased in the scriptures, uh-huh. too, is that he says, let's kill our father. And it's like, lame and lemme, we're talking to... It doesn't make sense. Their father's already well, dead. Yeah. And what's the wives' names again? I think they're just this name, the daughters of Ishmael. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> Do we know... This is how bad I remember the Book of Mormon. Do we know Nephi's wife's name ever? No. No, I'm going to bring that up later. That's bonkers crazy. So okay. why why are we know Sariah's name? The only reason we know Sariah's name is Nephi shamed her because she was complaining. <laughs> Well, I've been kind of thinking, you know how it says Nephi's large in stature? I kind of think he was just fat. <laughs> Doesn't it make more sense? And that's why he's... <laughs> like, he's bullied all the time and can never stand up for himself. I think he was over... I'm not saying that even, like, it's bad to be fat. I'm just saying... I mean, coming from Big Fat Funny Ginger, Yeah, the I think, BFFG yeah, right it's here. It's your brand. It actually makes me, like, like feel for Nephi yeah. more. <laughs> That's the hottest take of this podcast. It's, it's, I've been thinking about that in the showers in the morning. I'm like, I think Nephi's fat. And if he saw the pictures that we draw of him, he'd be so stoked. He'd be so happy. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <sighs> that's his okay. Tinder profile picture. It's so funny. And then when he swipe. Oh. oh man, okay. I, that Seriously, this podcast has been worth it for that take. <laughs> that is the hottest take I've ever heard. It explains so much. It does, doesn't yeah. it? Like, really, to me, it makes sense, because he's they pick on him. Yeah, he can't. they keep tying him up. <laughs> yeah. Angels have to come to beat them up for him. Exactly. <laughs> That's really funny. Okay. Sorry, I'll let you finish. We don't have enough rope to tie you up, fatty. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, so let's... Ch- oh, so they say, let's kill our dad, and then the voice of the Lord comes in. It's all, That's what's so weird to me, also. Sorry, I'm interjecting thoughts yeah, here, okay. but... Like, the bipolar nature of Laman and Lemuel and the followers is, like, too crazy for me to be... So I either have to believe that they didn't actually calm down or that they weren't going as crazy as it makes them seem. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Okay, that's the end of chapter 17. Yes. Chapter 18. Oh, no, no, no. That was chapter... Sorry. Chapter 16. Now we're on chapter 17. Yeah. Uh, They keep traveling. Uh, They're starting to have children because they've been in the wilderness for eight years now. Which I don't know if they knew it was going to be that long in the wilderness. Uh, well, uh, real quick, quick question: Do you think they knew at all what's going on? I don't. I don't know. Because they, they know they know they're supposed to leave. They're not supposed to go to promised land. But like, if, if they're listening to the scriptures, the scriptures would tell them like the Moses they wandered in the wilderness and then just. Found That's a good point. Well. So maybe. So I don't know if they even knew that like the destination was across the water. 
Yeah, probably not. Maybe they kept, maybe that's what Lehman Alumni like. This sounds like a good place. Like, let's just build here. Like, yeah, no, no, not here. No, moving on. Um, so right now things are good. There's plenty of raw meat, which comes up again. And the women did give plenty of suck for their children. Yeah, Warm, delicious suck. <laughs> uh, at this point, they wait. Probably... What women? Oh yeah, we don't know their names. No, but they're just suck machines. <laughs> I mean that as far as giving, <laughs> giving milk to their children. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, Nephi gets called to the mountain <laughs> to construct a ship. And Nephi's like, how do I construct it? And the Lord's like, I have a new model. The whole tight like a dish thing was kind of a disaster. <laughs> so I'm taking a more straightforward approach this time. Uh, so Nephi starts building a ship, which we don't, I guess we don't really know what it's like. We picture it like a normal ship. Yeah. Just time. because of the Book of Mormon movie. That's <laughs> true. That's why. Well, and the pic, well, maybe that's Noah's ship I'm thinking of. No, the picture of them on the ship seeing the land is, yeah. it's very different. It looks like a Viking ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is cool. Yeah. Um,. Let's see. So, going more straightforward approach. Nephi starts building a ship, and his brothers are like, you don't know how to build a ship. Why would you build a ship? There are people who spend their whole lives learning how to build ships. Do you think you can just build a ship right away? Who do you think you are, Nephi? And Nephi gets sad, which makes Lemon and Lemuel Lem- Lem- happy, um, which is the first scriptural account of schadenfreude going on. Uh, <laughs> Nephi-, Nephi scolds them by telling them about Moses. He's like, I'll show you. Listen to these stories about Moses. Um, which makes them mad and they want to throw him in the ocean, but Nephi's like, this is the crazy part, no, don't you dare touch me, I have powers, and you'll dry up like a reed if you even touch me, and Nephi holds out his hands and he shocks them with his god powers. At this point, Nephi's powers are seeming more like Sith powers (laughs) than good guy powers, just throwing it out there. Um, he's a fat Sith. That's, <laughs> that's your your assertion. Nephi was a fat Sith. Yeah, a little bigger than Dooku. Um, <laughs> okay, so he, so then they fall and worship him, and he's like, "Don't worship me. Worship God and honor your father and mother, and don't do drugs." So that's end of chapter seventeen, which is. Out, just out of if you heard this story, it's so crazy. Even with other scriptural tales, well, not Old Testament. This is very Old Testament. This is exactly. Does, do people like have Testament. shock powers though? This I mean, is like my only. Literally, a guy calls bears out of the mountains to kill children. That's true. So I'm saying like, and this is something that we don't really talk about a lot. It's like, oh, the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Book of Mormon is a lot more like the New Testament. No, it's not. No. It's like the Old Testament until Christ comes, and then yeah. actually it's just, it's mostly like the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah. With yeah. a lot of really good, like, democracy stuff in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Okay, chapter 18. Nephi finishes the ship and mentions that he has two new brothers since venturing in the wilderness, Jacob and Joseph. Which is like good for you, Lehi, but also kind of gross. Um, <laughs> it was oh, it was getting all father of the bride part two in the wilderness. Uh, I'm sorry, the, these bridgings probably shouldn't be as funny as I'm making them. Um, Why not? Well, because I feel like we're supposed to respect the story. Sorry, but I can't help You're, myself. I, I Are think we having we're a good time? This story. Every yeah. time we talk seriously. We've heard, the, especially this story, how many times, maybe when we get into the latter part of the Book of Mormon, where it's going to be like, oh, I didn't remember this part. But this is right. the part that everyone remembers. Yeah. So, new fresh takes, important. How crazy for Jacob and Joseph. Like, they have no context of, like, civilization. Yeah. It's just they're gypsies. Well, and imagine that generation of people, that second generation that grows up in... I've, I've often thought, I bet you a lot of the people in that third generation, Joseph, Jacob and Joseph's sons probably are like 
they made up Israel. Yeah. Like, there's no such place. This is this is right. all, this is oh, all like that's a crazy. Lie. That's so crazy. Anyways. Okay. Which is why the records are so important. It's yeah. like here's evidence, but it, but even then it's like yeah sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> that's, I, I will give myself kudos for the father of the bride part two reference. Okay. <laughs> if you don't remember the plot to I, it, I do remember the plot of Father Bride part two. Okay. Every Mormon does. It's really just a, <laughs> it's it's, a staple. It's, it's, it's a show for Mormons. <laughs> Okay, so they start traveling on the boat, Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael and the wives start to get merry, which I guess they were drinking. Is what kind of what we that's what we assume. I have some thoughts about we'll, what they we'll, were doing. We'll talk about it in AP Mormon. Okay. I, it's like a carnival cruise, is what I'm assuming. <laughs> um, they are drunk and rude and Nephi keeps telling them they need to sober up or the Lord is going to be mad. Like he feels like a left out fat kid. <laughs> That's that's what it rings so true to me. It does sound like um, so that's the case. So they tied up Nephi up with cords, like a lot of cords. It took a lot. Um, and when they tie Nephi up, they don't know where they're going anymore, and they get into a big storm. And Nephi keeps telling you, "I let me go, or else we don't. Know, we're going to get back on course." He says that Lehi and Sarai can't do anything because they're too old and weak, and also Jacob and Joseph are like six years old, and they're not. They're also sick, right? Right. Well, it says they're on their sick bed. Yes, and that's the parents, right? Leah yeah. and Sarai. No, not the brothers, the parents. Yeah. Uh, so finally they're about to die, and so they're like, okay, I guess we'll let Nephi go. Storm stops, they get back on course, they arrive at the promised land. Uh, so they arrive at the promised land, this is about where we're done. This is chapter 19. There's lots of ore, so Nephi starts making some plates and starts recording history, which I'm not totally sure, is he just quoting stuff that's in the other books? Well, this is actually, I think, one of those things that, like people really find ridiculous about our religion because this is the plot of the episode of South Park and that's actually what my righteous anger is going to be about about the South Park creators uh-huh. because it's about how he's like okay listen I kept this record my dad kept a record too right right and now I'm going to put other stuff on it and so a lot of people would point to that as like look this is where Joseph lost the Le- Lehi yeah, stuff yeah uh huh and then he went back and rewrote all the stuff he could from memory and then this is the explanation of why that is. Okay. Well, but, but he starts telling about stuff about, like, the coming of Christ and stuff. So is he taking that from Lehi's record, or is he taking that from the plates? Because one, so one thing that's interesting is that this isn't necessarily important either. He quotes Zenos, the mm-hmm. prophet Zenos, mm-hmm. which is technically an Old Testament prophet, but it's not a prophet that's actually in the Old Testament. Uh-huh. It's, like, a different prophet. Yeah. So where where was that record? I don't know. And that's that's where it starts to get so complicated that it's, like... I don't know how you could have figured this out. I mean, I know we joke, like, how could he have known? But, like, Joseph... It's, it's too Joseph, weird to make Joseph up. up. Joseph bringing up Zenos, who is a prophet, but is not in the Bible necessarily, is very interesting. Right. And I, I do think it's very interesting that Nephi seems to know the exact, like, year that Christ will come. And that's not necessarily known throughout the rest of the scriptures. Right. So, yeah. and he even says, like... A lot and of this stuff is years. not for the people who are who are with him. It's going to be for us, which means that they don't get to read this, which is messed up in my opinion. But yeah, that's kind of weird. Okay, so that's there. That's the end. They get to the promised land. It's basically the end. He, Nephi finds more ore and starts making different plates. Yeah. That's pretty much the end of this. And he starts writing. And this is where it's like, oh, Nephi's got downtime. Now he's going to start writing about Isaiah and crap. So yeah, and I don't get I don't get the importance of it. Okay, yeah. well let's let's uh okay. let's do some righteous anger. Righteous anger. Okay, so today I want to talk a little bit about South Park creators 
Trey Parker. And? Matt Stone. Yes. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> Should I look it up? Maybe. <laughs> they have uh, included a lot of Mormon mythology in their works, so much so that for a long time I was told by everyone I knew that they were they were ex-Mormons. Like, lots of Severance teachers would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know they're ex-Mormons, you know they're ex-Mormons. This is before the internet where everyone could have been like, no, no they're not. They're not. Um, no, they grew up in Denver, uh, and so they knew about Mormons. They actually have said many, many times they really, really like Mormons. Their Mormons are some of their favorite people. Yeah. And what's bonkers about us to them is that, like, we are great, and then they find out what we believe, and they're like, these people are insane. <laughs> right? Which is interesting because it actually gives me a little bit of sympathy for Scientology. It's like, I can see how in their minds, in Scientologists' minds, what they believe makes sense. Because same way that, like, what we believe makes sense to us. Right? Yeah. I think they're a little more evil, though. Well, sure. But, but Tom so, Cruise so makes is, such good movies. So is the FLDS church in many ways, right? Yeah. That's another thing that our church stems out of the of this restoration movement started by the Book of Mormon, but we are by no means have exclusive rights to the Book of Mormon. Yeah, There's lots of other religions. I, the only difference is that we base ours in biblical origins, right? So there is some foundational, like a lot of other people, Jews and and uh, Christians, believe in a similar similar mythology. Actually, Muslims too believe in similar mythology yeah so when like bill maher makes fun of mormons he's like these new religions they just make up new stuff like scientology or mormonism it's like well i mean assuming again that all religions are false in his narrative we still are pretty grounded in the same stuff that everyone else is scientology is not like and then abraham went to xenu <laughs> you know um i heard a, a comedian from outside of utah he's, he had a joke that mormons are like really devout christians that just wanted to write fan fiction which is a funny, well, funny and what, way of looking what at I it. Would, what I would point out is the Jews said the same thing about the Christians. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Like, the whole idea of adding to the canon is what I find most beautiful about our church. Yeah. Which is like, there's never a point in which it's over. More stories always come. Um, which is why we need to be careful in our church not to think stories are over. Yeah. And that's one of the key messages of my favorite musical of all time, the Book of Mormon musical. Um, it talks about how... You know, these missionaries are trying to get people to understand that the Bible isn't two parts. There's a chapter three to the Bible, Joe. <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, you know, like Elder Cunningham says, oh, so you're telling me that the Book of Mormon is Return of the Jedi? <laughs> right. right. That's awesome, right? <laughs> so, but the very end of that show, they say, well, now we have another book, the Book of Arnold, which is Elder Cunningham. Right. And it adds to what the Book of Mormon says. Yeah. It doesn't contradict it, right? It adds to. And I love yeah. that because it's like, yeah, that is possible. Um, which is another reason that I think we as, um, participants in stories, especially like we live in a time where there are more stories available to more people than ever before in history of anything. And those stories give us truth. And so a lot of times people are like, well, Star Wars is in the book of Mormon. It's like, yeah, but they can teach us the same thing. Right. And, and the spirit technically will testify of truth no matter if it is fiction or if it is, is history. Right. Right. And so, and I would just, again, point to the Christ as his parables. Those were not literally true, but they still were the most true because they were teaching the true principle. Right. That being said, if you haven't seen the South Park episode about Joseph Smith, specifically the Joseph Smith was a prophet, dum, 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 or the Book of Mormon musical, and you think that it's offensive, you're wrong. You need to watch the shows. I would encourage you to say, yes, these are going to be offensive, but have no offense on my religion. They're just offensive because they have lots of F words and lots of terrible language. 
But watch them. Watch them and then evaluate. I hate when people are like, if if this if they did this about Muslims or Jews, people would be up in arms. And I was like, yeah, but we're a church that shouldn't take ourselves that seriously, right? We should. Well, be- but also they do make fun of Jews, and like the thing is that all religions get made fun of. Yeah, we we feel like we're special and we shouldn't be made fun of. I think that's the problem. Well, but the difference is is that Jews and Muslims will point to like, hey, that's anti-Semitic or that's anti-Muslim. We do not get a similar category of, oh, that's anti-Mormon. Yes, that's true, but I feel like being anti-Semitic is different than having a show. Like, you said, there's shows where it's goofy Jewish characters yes. all the time. Yes. Or even a show with, like, But a if there was But if there was a show called The Torah, and it was, like, making fun of The Torah, there people would be outraged preemptively before seeing it. Right. But you know what would happen? Lots of Jews would go see it. Yeah. You know, same... I don't know about Muslim culture. I can't really comment. <laughs> uh, but, so, what I would say is, if you have the opportunity to see the Book of Mormon musical, do yourself a favor and go. You'll come away, like, my dad, he was always kind of a skeptic. He listened to the soundtrack, thought it was funny, but felt like it was in some way disrespectful to our beliefs. And after we went and saw it in Denver, it was it was apparent to him, he even said, that was actually, like, very generous to us. Not only in what it says about us, because it, uh, it makes us come across very well. Everyone yeah. in that show that's Mormon comes across very well, except the mission president. Right. Um, and I would just point out that, <laughs> they get they get some things right about local leadership, basically. Uh, th- the other thing that you come out with is they got our doctrine spot on. And the only reason they had to get our doctrine spot on is because later, when Elder Cunningham, one of the main characters of the show, starts telling all these stories of, like, the Nephites, he starts putting in Boba Fett, the Hobbits, right. Mordor. <laughs> and, and while that is, it, it, that's what's funny about it, I'm like... That's awesome. That's like my personal belief system that those stories should illuminate. Yeah. Star Wars should illuminate the Book of Mormon. Every time you watch Star Wars and people are like, it's just like the priesthood. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it rings true for a reason. Um, so I just really encourage anyone who has not seen the that South Park episode or the Book of Mormon musical to seek it out and do as the, um, the Articles of Faith tell us. To, to seek out things that are good and virtuous and decide for yourself. Don't listen to other people, but decide for yourself if that is true. And although it will not be good and virtuous in the sense that it has lots of terrible words in it, what it says about us is actually very complimentary. Yeah. The end of one of the South Park episodes is, I know you guys think that that I'm crazy and my family, but you, because that's what I believe and you're judging me, so you're a douchebag. Yeah. That's hilarious because that's exactly how I feel all the time about my belief system. <laughs> And that's righteous anger. Very good, man. Thanks. I would also, I'm just going to add the thing yeah. to it. The crazy thing about the, the Book of Mormon, or not not the Book of Mormon, the Mormon South Park episode, mm-hmm. is that people watch that and learn things about their religion that they didn't. Like, everybody watched, at least when I was younger, yeah. probably more apparent now, but the fact that he looked into a hat, I remember people talking about it at school being like, it's so dumb, like, they have Joseph Smith, like, look into a hat, yep. and then, like, but then that's what really happened. Yeah, and, and a lot thing. of people, I think... The reason some people don't want to go look at stuff like that is to find out something about their church that is true, that will shake their faith. Yeah. I do not understand this idea. That, like, you're going to find, like, if you think that right now your testimony is based on something that can be proven to be false, like, if you think, oh, if the Book of Mormon, I mean, we'll talk about this in a later episode, but if you think that the Book of Mormon happened in America, and if that's not true, if we find out that to be a false, that that invalidates what you believe, then I think you have a testimony in the wrong thing. Yeah. And, and same with, like, Joseph Smith's uh, translation of the Book of Mormon, any of the polygamy stuff, any, I mean, there's tons of, like, we'll talk later about the Spalding Manuscript, which bears some similarities to the Book of Mormon. If things like that will shake your faith, I would question what your faith is in. 
Your faith is yeah. in the things of the world. So when I hear people, especially ex-Mormons, come and be like, did you know, did you know? I'm like, yes, I know. Because back when I was studying this, I was actually studying this. Right. It was you fools who just sat in seminary and listened to the sycophantic stories of like, <laughs> oh, the three Nephites, all that crap. And then now you come around, find the real the real history and go, did you know this? Yes, the, the ones who like actually did studying knew this and stayed anyway. And you people that are being dicks about it now really piss off the people like us who like have been reading about it the whole time. Right. And it makes me feel like I want to have sympathy for people who leave the church. And I actually, I really do. I feel bad for them. But at the same time, I'm like, you shouldn't have been such a dick before. Don't be such a black and white douchebag. And it would be easier to stay in the church. I agree. I would add that the church and church culture teaches you to be a black and white douchebag. Agree. But so. I don't, but that's, and that, that's one thing that we'll talk about too, which is, I think sometimes our church is guilty of letting people believe in false things as long as it, it keeps them in the church. Right. Like, and this goes back to the whole, they, the brethren allow people to think that they see Christ every Tuesday in the temple. That's just not true. And yeah. I, and you look at the history, it's very apparent that that's not true. But they let people think that. And so the minute that someone goes, they might not see Christ every Tuesday, then they're out. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of on us if we're not teaching people that that's not true. Right. Which is why seminary and the CES program has been the single greatest cause of people leaving the church out of anything. And that's why these uh, these essays that are coming out about polygamy, about blacks in the priesthood, this is the church going, we need to fix this at the core level. Right. So that's right. even more righteous anger. <laughs> Just got more <laughs> righteous. Okay. Very good. I liked let's, it. Let's do some AP Mormonism. Now we're doing liking the scriptures, bro. Oh, yeah, you have your... See, it's you're just short. so it, full of fun stuff. It's short, but we'll do it. Likening the scriptures. Very good. So, I my liking the scriptures today, I'm going to just specifically look at the part in the story where Nephi is building the boat, and his brothers are mocking him, and it makes him sad but it's making the Laman and Lemuel happy that he's sad. And like I said, it's the first first uh, scriptural account of schadenfreude, <laughs> which, if you don't know what schadenfreude is, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to be in New York City last week, mm-hmm. and I saw the musical Avenue Q, <laughs> which is very funny. And they have a song in there, Brian, about schadenfreude. They do. Um, and so I'm going to recite to you some of the lyrics okay. from it. Um, and this one, Gary Coleman... <laughs> is the landlord of this place talking to somebody named Nikki. You don't need to really know them, but here's some of the here's some of the lyrics. Gary Coleman. Right now you are down and out and feeling really crappy. I'll say. And when I see how sad you are, it makes me sort of happy. <laughs> happy? Sorry, Nikki. Human nature. Nothing I can do. It's Schadenfreude. Making me glad that I'm not you. Well, that's not very nice, Gary. I didn't say it was nice, but everybody does it. Did you ever clap when a waitress falls and drops a tray of glasses? Yeah. And it ain't and ain't it fun to watch figure skaters falling down on their asses? <laughs> sure. And don't you feel all warm and cozy watching people out in the rain? You bet. That's schadenfreude. Okay. So what I'm saying right now, if you didn't pick it up, schadenfreude is getting pleasure out of somebody else's displeasure. Mm-hmm. Nephi, in that moment, was being a little selfish. Because his sadness was making his brethren happy. Mm-hmm. When usually he's making his brothers angry all the time. Yeah. So if you can take a step back in situations where you feel bad, 
realize you might be making somebody else really happy. <laughs> so, like, like ex-girlfriends or ex-boyfriends are like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be found. like, I'm spreading joy with my miserable pile of a life I have right now. Um, and when people in the church say you shouldn't have schadenfreude, would you agree most people in the church are, are against schadenfreude? Or should be and say they are? Uh, yes, yeah. yes. I would just point to one person that proves this wrong. Yeah. His name is Lucifer. <laughs> we love it when Lucifer s- what loses. We're oh, like, yeah. yeah he's, uh. he's miserable. <laughs> yes. Very Christian. He's our brother. And we just love when he's oh, miserable. Man. Yes. Anyways. That's very funny. So anyway, <laughs> I guess just taking a step back and realizing it's not all about you. <laughs> yeah, it's about other people enjoying your displeasure. Exactly. <laughs> it was a stretch, but I saw Avenue Q this week. I, I wanted to bring it, it in. That's good. Okay. okay, that's liking the scriptures this week. They're short. Let's do some AP Mormonism. Okay. AP Mormonism. Okay. So, uh, Nephi, family is arguing over the meaning of the dream, and Nephi is about to tell them what it means. This will go over well. <laughs> Read the room, Nephi. Okay, First uh, Nephi 15, 4. And knew they must unavoidably come to pass because of the great wickedness of the children of men. He knew that his brothers were not going to listen to him. So why bring it up? <laughs> if their fates are unavoidable, then what's the point of telling them to change? Anyways. First uh, Nephi fifteen twenty. And I did rehearse unto them the words of Isaiah, who spake concerning the restoration of the Jews or the house of Israel. You know how it feels to read Isaiah Book of Mormon chapters? Imagine having that stuff recited at you by your little brother. <laughs> First <laughs> yeah. um, Nephi 15 and they said unto me does this thing mean the torment of the body in the days of probation or doth it mean the final state of the soul after the death of the temporal body and then he says an answer to them and I just am like this is like an FAQ section of the scriptures uh-huh. it's like question does that mean temporal <laughs> answer no and they're teaching all of us it was it's, right it's a it's a knowledge based article is what it is <laughs> Okay, um, 1 Nephi 16.2, And it came to pass that I said unto them that I knew that I had spoken hard things against the wicked according to the truth. And I said, Behold the condescen- condescension of this man to his older brothers. He is so condescending in these chapters. Uh-huh. But I will start saying, he gets into a little bit of a groove where I'm with him. Yeah? We're, we're, yeah. Okay, tell me where. I'll tell you. Um... In a couple of chapter, in a couple of verses, First <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Nephi sixteen ten, Lehona. This is a very cool piece of tech because it's a metaphor as well as a cool piece of technology. Lehona, I don't know, is really important that it actually existed because what it what it's trying to teach us is this is the spirit, right? Right. It this the spirit is what this thing represents, um, and I I just keep thinking of Lord of the Rings, like the the gold uh, lining of the one ring telling them like one ring to rule them all right i just imagine that when words appear it looks a lot like that's cool like that um so this is the ishmaelites this is our father is dead yay and we have wandered much in the wilderness and we have suffered much affliction hunger thirst and fatigue and all of these things must we do while we perish in the wilderness with hunger i'm like put yourself in their shoes this is not This is not a a clear win, right? It's not even their dad that's leading. It's this other dad that your dad's friends was friends with, and now your dad is dead. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm going back. Um, And Laman and Lemuel said unto the sons of Ishmael, Behold, let us slay our father, and behold our brother Nephi, who has taken it upon him to be a ruler and our teacher, and who are his other brethren. Now he says the Lord has talked to him, and also the angels have ministered unto him. But behold, we know that 
that he lies unto us, and he tells us these things, that he worketh many things by his cunning arts, that he may deceive our eyes, thinking perhaps that he may lead us away into some strange wilderness. Um, and he has thought to make himself a king and a ruler over us, that he may do with us according to his will and pleasure. This is so specific that I'm like, was Nephi there? <laughs> Like, he would have had to been there for this amount of specificity. Right. Which is why I don't think that this was said. I think this is what Nephi thought was said. Right. When really they're just like, shut up, we're going to beat the crap out of you if you keep telling (laughs) this stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. Anyways. um, If he was there, then bold. Bold on them. Yeah. I care. Well, it's a room, guys. You could talk about me like I'm here. (laughs) Or he has an invisibility cloak, which in this part of the Book of Mormon (laughs) could have happened. Could have happened. Um... Oh, going up to the to the mountain to build a boat. Uh, type and symbol moments. I love type and symbol moments where things look like other parts of the scriptures. Uh-huh. This is very similar to Jared. I like yeah, exactly. I like your part too. It's also very similar to Noah, right? Right. Um, about building boats. That seems to be a common God principle. Build a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and thou art like unto our father, led away by the foolish imaginations of his heart. Yea hath led us out of the land of Jerusalem. So be honest with yourself. This is not an unreasonable position to take. Not only do they not believe him, but how could you trust someone that much to get on a boat that he said God told them to build? Yeah. That's just hard to, to swallow. Yeah. Um, this is where Nephi starts getting into a groove. First Nephi 17.23. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, spake unto them, saying, Do you believe that our fathers who were the children of Israel would have been led away out of the hands of the Egyptians if they had not hearkened unto the words of the Lord? This is arguing, Nephi. This is where you're like, okay, fine. But do you believe in Moses? Right. They did that. Like, there had to be a reason, right? It's the strongest argument so far. Not to believe the dad, not to say, I alone know, and that was told by God. But to say, this happened before. How do you think the Jews felt? Right. Wondering for 40 years. We have eight, and you can't handle it. That's a good argument. And I think, actually, they start listening to him more when he has a better argument. Um I said, Nephi, in a roll. Behold, the Lord esteemeth all flesh in one, but he is righteous... Uh, he that is righteous is favored of God, but behold, this people hath rejected every word of God, and they are ripe in iniquity, and the fullness of the wrath of God was upon them. Um, Nephi is really in his element here. No appeal to his dad, no to the brother's lack of spirituality, just talking about how their thinking is flawed. And I think, again, he brings up a good point about Israel. Um, okay, First Nephi 17.41. He sent fiery flying serpents among them. And after they were bitten, he had prepared a way that they might be healed. Okay, what? What is a fiery flying serpent? Uh, it's a, a dragon, dude. <laughs> He's talking about dragons. We no one no one brings this up. I read a, I, like at least three articles trying to explain what this is, where they're like, right. oh, he was prop. No, he, he said flying fiery serpents. I think I like to think that there was this volcano infested with snakes and it exploded, and the snakes yeah. flew through the air. So who's a Scientologist now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I believe dragons so, are cool. Well, so either dragons are real and exist in this universe, or Nephi can get things wrong. <laughs> <That's>... Pick one. <laughs> oh man, dragons are cool. Yeah. But I would like to see Nephi be wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, if this was an actual occurrence, we know Nephi is wrong. There were not fiery serpents. Right. But he might have a limited understanding of how the world works at this point. Yeah. At every, every point. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe he meant fiery like their personality. <laughs> First uh, Nephi seventeen forty seven. Behold, my soul is rent with anguish because of you, and my heart is pained. I fear lest ye shall be cast off forever. Again, Nephi is doing this out of love. He and I, I honestly believe he's always doing it out of love. But at least he had a bunch of logic and is like, the only reason I'm telling you this 
It's like, I love you. Kind of a touching moment. I uh, actually really liked Nephi. it. Nephi kind of won me over towards the end here. I mean, he gets bad again, but it kind of won me over. <laughs> um, he says, to lay their hands upon me, and I spake on... This is 1748. To lay their hands upon me, I spake unto them, saying, in the name of the Almighty God, I command ye that you touch me not, for I am filled with the power of God, even in the consuming of my flesh, and who shall lay, so lay hands on me will wither as a dried reed. And this reminds, this is totally badass, and this reminds me of the Joseph Smith quote to his captors when he said, Silence, ye fiends of the internal pit. In the name of Christ, I rebuke you and command you to be still. I will not live another minute and hear such language. Cease such talk, or you or I die this instant. Love that. Yeah, pretty cool. The kind of stuff that you'd expect a prophet to say. Right. A bit of die. So, um... Now they durst not lay, uh, lest they would wither before me. So powerful was the spirit of God, and thus it had wrought upon them. I said, why? Why did they believe Nephi? I'd argue that due to the logic that Nephi has just laid out and the confidence that Nephi projects was annoying to them, sure, but it was also comforting to them. They are lost just like Nephi is. Good point. To have that kind of projective confidence about, no, here's why. They're suddenly like, yeah, I, I will. And, and it says they lay down and worshipped him. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's how I felt it's so uh, it's so like bipolar I just like, don't see them worshipping him and 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 even if, if and if they did I would just point to Nephi like you're still a dick she's like no 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 listen to your mom and dad you can't even give him like that's so funny thank you I thank love you. it so, I, I just pictured him writing this like that would have been so sweet if I said this <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will shock them, saith the Lord, and this will I do. Shouts to the bo- theatrical release of the Book of Mormon movie, where this scene looks exactly like it was out of the late 90s Power Rangers episode. Like, they did, like, a like a, those clay guys in Power Rangers, like, oh, a jump up and the shock and the, the right. sparks. Oh, incredible. man. If you haven't seen that movie, you should watch it, just it's for the pure bad. comedic content. Uh, the guy that played Nephi wasn't porn, so that's cool. Yeah. Softcore porn. <laughs> he was. Do you okay. remember the controversy? Yes, they were all I, mad that I, I the guy that played Nephi also wasn't like... Maybe if you're willing to actually make a good movie and pay for it, then you could get non-porn actors. Hey, they had a one million dollar budget. A million dollars. First Nephi 1811. Uh, that was weird. First uh, Nephi 1811. Laman and Lemuel did take me and bind me with cords. Uh, second binding. Maybe this time the brother actually the brothers actually learned to tie knots. <laughs> yeah, it was really easy we to get tie out of knots now. <laughs> um, the compass which had been prepared of the Lord did cease to work, and I said the mystical elements of the story. The compass is a physical manifestation of the spirit, just as the stones from the Jaredite were a physical manifestation of revelation. Oh, right, cool. one brought knowledge of how to build the how to get across. This one brings the idea of the spirit telling them what's right or wrong. Cool. So again, metaf- metaphorically, I think this works a lot better when you say, okay, what is this actually telling us? S- similar to how you look at the Old Testament, you're like, okay, this is bonkers. What is this actually saying? Right. First um, Nephi 18.24, and it came to pass that we did begin to till the earth and to plant seeds. I said, no customs to make sure they didn't bring disease or aggressive alien species to this new <laughs> land. Also, don't you feel like the boat sequence is incredibly short? Yeah, they don't even talk about it. They're just there all of a sudden. What I actually There's think, the drunken part where they're getting married. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, in my opinion, it sounds an awful lot like an orgy, is what it sounds like. They get <laughs> married and they're like really rude i'm like yeah also it's a small boat so maybe they were just like having sex with their wives and it's like well they're getting a little married come on guys come on anyways um oh man poor zoram <laughs> he probably wanted an orgy so bad um 
Okay. <laughs> That's a really fun. I like yeah. that take a lot. Well, when like every time, anytime the word Mary comes up, you're like, uh oh, what are they doing? <laughs> you doing went it. straight to drunk, but they say drunk all the time. What does Mary mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's a euphemism. I think I only think drunk because I think in the movie and in other representations, they're like, it's <laughs> like stupid drunk people. Well, and every, you know, seminary video is like drunk people doing bad things when really it's like drunk people don't do that bad of things. You know what do really bad things? Sober people. Sober <laughs> racist people. Yeah. Um, and we did find all manner of ore, both of gold and of silver and of copper. No steel. And this is important because sword making is hard. And maybe this is why the Lamanites never have swords in the Book of Mormon. Right? They're always with spears and But clubs. Nephites have swords, right? Because he stole the sword of Laban. But I don't think they can make it out of steel because they wouldn't have been able to in the New World, necessarily. So maybe they're making things like swords out of, like, I don't know, obsidian or something so like that. So you're saying because they had the sword, they could model something after, after it. it. Okay. And again, after generations and generations of the Nephites having a sword to model it after and them... And this is why the sword of Laban becomes so important in the story and why everyone's like, where is it? Where is it? Because it's so important of who has that because it's the superior technology. Oh, it's like whoever has the nuke wins. It's like yeah. the sword is the nuke. It's the infinity gauntlet. Yeah. And then lastly, First Nephi 19.8, And behold, he cometh according to the words of an angel in 600 years from the time my father left Jerusalem. And I'm just like, it is so crazy that he knows that. But doesn't tell everyone all the time. Like, And remember, everyone, write this down. <laughs> 600 years. So, that is, that is cool. AP Mormonism. AP Mormonism. Did you have any other? No, sorry. I usually let you lead that one. And I just uh, yeah, chime you, in. You have a lot of. My, my, my coolest thing, like the coolest thing to me, I know that it, whether it's real or not, it doesn't really matter. But the fact that there are starting to be like these objects that have a lot of meaning, mm-hmm. it just makes it seem more like people could do like cosplay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. cool that it's something to grasp onto. It's like, no, it's like this. It's supposed to look like this. Yeah. With like the, which is why with one the, of the reasons I want to do this podcast is to say like this is not that different than a fantasy story. Right. It has all the fantasy elements. It's a hero's journey. It's it's a multi generational thing. That's the Game of Thrones aspect of like these are families over millions of years, thousands of years. <laughs> millions. Well, Jaredites. I don't know. No, not millions. Um, <laughs> over thousands of years, like right. and and the implications of one family to another family haunt generations, right? Uh, there's these mystical elements that no one knows where they are at some point. It's like, well, where did the stones go? Yeah. Where did uh, the Leahona go? Yeah. Where did where the records are always important? Where they are, the sort of Laban is important. Right. These are all these are all artifacts. See, it makes it even cool to think there could be a movie like a Indiana Jones type movie where they're trying to find the light stones from the. Yeah. Like, that'd be a cool movie. Uh, you got yeah. it. Yeah. More to come on that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's let's jump into three degrees of story. Okay. Three degrees of story. Okay. And then again, this is stuff we've already talked about a lot. Starting with number three, um, the raw meat consumption. It was weird how much they raw meat. Mm-hmm. And like you say, they didn't cook it. But that's when they were the most happy was with the raw meat. I think maybe they were doing like jerky. Jerky's not raw. You don't, well, you cook it for a long, long time. I don't know. Which would be the opposite of raw. Well, I just, they, they take raw, they take raw <laughs> meat, they take raw meat on the boat. And then they eat the raw meat on the boat. So eventually, it's like it's, it either would decay or they've cooked it. Yeah. And they've... But, no, but while they're traveling, they're also eating raw meat, too. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know why I wrote that. I was, I was searching for a third. That's yeah, okay. not really the coolest thing. Number two. Liahona, very cool. I like the religious artifact stuff. Has power, sends mm-hmm. messages. I like the mystery around it. It just shows up, just shows up at his like this the front of his tent. Yeah. And if you ask weird. most Mormon scholars, Mormon thinkers, like how did it get there? They usually try to give you an answer like an angel brought it. Right. It's like you don't know any like it's that's what's cool. It's like no one knows how it got there. Yeah. It's super terrifying. Like in a movie, that's a cool, it's a cool like event to happen. Be like, yeah. what is going on? Like yeah. we left, and then there's stuff appearing. Like it's always like kind of creepy. Well, and it way. doesn't have instructions. At least doesn't tell us it has instructions on how to use it. So I have to figure out that like it doesn't work when we're not righteous. Right. There could be a whole cool movie just on that thing. Yeah. I feel like. Um. So and then number one is the the god shocking stuff. That's so different. It's so different. Mm-hmm. It's like I heard people talk about. Why they didn't like the new Star Wars movie because a bunch of stuff about the Force was introduced. Mm-hmm. But then uh, you probably retweeted this, but somebody was like, "We didn't react that way in Return of the Jedi when we found out the Force can shock people. We thought it was cool that yeah. we like are learning new powers." Yep. So I thought this was kind of cool. This is, it's exactly the same. All the Christians are like, "That's not how the priesthood works," right? And it's like you don't know the priesthood. <laughs> yeah. There are many mysteries of the priesthood. Exactly. Um, so it's yeah. my top three. Uh, three for me was probably seeing Nephi actually making a coherent argument. I was like, that was cool. That is true. And it, the the way he phrased, it's always a question. He's like, and I say unto you, nay. Yeah. And I say unto you, nay. Like for four scriptures in a and, row. And it's this cool. this will be repeated later by Alma, a lot by uh-huh. Alma, where he's like, or and even by Jacob to uh, his little brother does this to the Antichrist, right? He's like, what evidence do you have? I have all the planets and the stars and the earth to evidence that there's a God. Like right. what evidence do you have that there's not? Right? That, that's a that's a coherent argument. It might not be right, but it is coherent. Yeah. And I really like that his brothers start to like come around. Again, I think this shows the humanity of Laman and Lemuel, and there's more going on that we just don't see. And, yeah. and a lot of people, when I say, like, I don't like how Nephi portrays his brothers, I'm like, I really think the Le- Book of Lehi would have given us a much more complex look at what yeah. was really happening. I um, agree. So, douchebags that destroyed it, burn it how I hope. <laughs> Okay, uh, number one is definitely the Liahona. I think it's such a cool. I mean, yeah. we even have a, like a, a like an actual publication named after it. Yeah, and, it's cool. And I we'll get into this later, but like, where the hell is it? Is it mm. in heaven? Right, we don't know. Another cool movie. Somebody just finds it's it. Like, it's like National Treasure. Yeah. <laughs> trying to find the. Trying to find that's the a, that's the cool stuff to me when it makes when it makes Mormonism feel more like ancient Egyptian Agreed. stuff. You know, yeah. like. Eye of Ra or whatever. I like that stuff. Okay, let's go on to Title of Liberty. Title of Liberty. Drop the beat. Um, so my winner mm-hmm. for this one is Zoram's wife. <laughs> because... All signs point to, if they didn't accidentally pick up Zoram on this crazy hijinks, she would not have been getting married. She was the last choice. And he points out that she was the, it's funny that he says, we married all the daughters, Uh, Zoram got the oldest one. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, she's my winner. Who's the loser? Zoram. (laughs) Because... Zoram is a loser. Even when we're not talking about him. Like, do you remember Zoram? Yeah. And we're in Alma. Who's the loser of this chapter? Zoram. Zoram. It's funny. So, I just felt, I mean, 
been in the wilderness for eight years. I don't think he planned on this. Okay. He had to get married to the last <laughs> the choice. Last. Um, winner for me is Nephi. That's a he, better he, choice. He finally finds his, I think his shtick. Right? He's gotten past some of the self-righteousness, which I actually will forgive because he probably was fairly young. Yeah. Let's, let's just say, like, if he's in his teenage years, eight years older, he's probably like, okay, I need to make a more coherent argument. And I think he does a good job of bringing his brothers along. Uh, loser, <laughs> loser of this story is, um, I would just say, probably Sam. Like, <laughs> Joseph and Jacob mentioned. <laughs> no, Where Joseph. the hell is Sam? <laughs> Why is Sam not mentioned more? It's driving me crazy. <laughs> we like d- d- the end of the next chapter. I think we're going to talk about the death of of Lehi, and I I do they even mention Sam? Did Sam just like die and no one said anything? Lehi mentions all of them except Sam. Sam, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but he comes more into play later though, right? No, what? When? Does he not? No, he's just in the part about them going like. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. and that's that's our appearance from our favorite guy in the Book of Mormon movie who plays Sam. I don't know Kirby Hayward. Kirby Hayward. No, he does. Yeah, Sam, you're my favorite. <laughs> I love Kirby. Kirby might be the one true hero left in my life. <laughs> I did a beer commercial because I gotta feed my family. Now he's doing righteous Target ads, so everybody, <laughs> calm down. Oh, that's crazy. So yeah, that's my loser. Let's do some epistles. No, do we have some? I don't know. Let's look. This is real time. Looking up if we have mentions. <laughs> I mean, I know we did get one at least. One good one out of the hundreds we got. The one we got is, I probably missed this, but when you ask for epistles, do you just mean questions? <laughs> yeah. Or comments. Or comments. Whatever. Just anything. Epistles, dude. Yeah, like, Pistol Front to Pahoran was just like, dude, you suck. So you can just do that to us, too. <laughs> That's what Twitter's for. Epistle was really the first subtweet, right? Hey, yeah. Pahoran, I need help. Well, we'll get to that later, but... <laughs> Moroni's just subtweeting a poor rant. Uh, that's funny. What was the other epistle? Well, uh, Nate gave us some compliments. Oh, he did. Thanks, Nate. Trevor Walker, when you guys get to an early mosaic, I want to talk about King Benjamin's address in the pod. Awesome. Cool. Anybody else want to be on the show? Let us know. Yeah. I'm trying to line up some more famous people. Let me read the list of people I'm trying to get. Okay. And you guys can tell me how outrageously non-realistic this is. Okay. Just in our closing moments. Um, I want to get Greg Brown on the show. I do know Greg. So. <laughs> Tough get. Tough Papa, get. I want to get Papa Osler. Okay. Kirby Hayborn. <laughs> By Common Consent Guy. Jimma Fredette. Is it a guy or is it a lady? I think it's a guy. I know a lady runs the Twitter sometimes. Well, sometimes, but he tells you. <sighs> I don't know. Um, I want to get Jimma Fredette. Obviously. Neon, the Neon Trees guys. Love to hear Tyler Glenn's take. <laughs> I want to get Kate Kelly. I do know the drummer of Neon Trees. You do? Yeah. Like, oh. I've, talk, I've talked to her. She, I'd like she to used to be in a local band that I followed around all the time. There so. you go. Well, there we go. John Dallin. Love to get him on. Yeah. I'm sure he'd love to do our show. I don't know. Yeah, he would. Sherry Dew. Also trying to get Sherry Dew. <laughs> uh, Denver Snuffer. Uh, Imagine Dragons, and of course, Numero Uno. I want Richard Dutcher on this show. Richard Dutcher. <laughs> he was at an open mic with me like two weeks ago. I'm telling you, it would be fun to talk to him he, about the Book of Mormon. He walks around like a 
a friggin' Azkaban ghost, whatever they're called. <laughs> the mentors? He, was, he just has this aura about him. And I like, like I, yeah. I think he's cool in his own weird way, but he has an aura. I mean, I guess I left off, like, Warren Jeffs would be interesting to get his take on the Book of Mormon. Oh, yeah, he does but, lots of podcasts. Well, but from jail, we could probably get it, right? I think so. I mean... Can he get it? My Us, da- though. My dad sued him, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um... <laughs> Okay, that, yeah, that signals it. the end of our show. <laughs> the brownies are done. <laughs> as always, as always, tweet us with the hashtag epistle, and we'd love to read those on Same. air. B-O-M epistle, right? It does seem weird. We're getting a lot of listeners, a lot of people listening, not a lot of people commenting, because they're probably scared to. Yeah. Come out and comment. Brian is a teddy bear. He has lots of anger, but it's righteous. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like Ted. The actual... <laughs> I'm a teddy bear... But I'm also, like, filthy and terrible. F you, Thunder. <laughs> that is an adorable little scene, isn't it? Okay. Any closing thoughts, Jordan? I just have to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> yeah. See you later, listeners. Listeners.